Welcome to Get Gig Ready. If you're a music maker emerging or early in your career, or even a veteran looking to brush up on the basics, we're here to get you close to some amazing local talent to help amp up your skills. Get Gig Ready is presented by City of Ride, Lane Cove Council, the Live Music Office, Music New South Wales, and 2SER, with support from Macora University. Today, I am joined by Stephanie Daz, a pop and contemporary Christian musician from here in Sydney, who has just completed a major project going all the way over to Nashville in the middle of pandemic to record her latest album. I guess the thing I wanted to get into to start off today uh, is, first of all, what was that process like of traveling overseas during a pandemic to record an album, making something out of it and, you know, working with teams from around the world? Because that's got to be such a logistical headache. How did that go for you? Well, like you said, I'm a contemporary Christian. My last album that I just did in Nashville was Contemporary Christian. And um, it was actually inspiration um, we received from God to go to Nashville. And if you know, you're familiar with prayer and, and you're familiar with receiving those answers, you know your whole body when something's right and it's it's what God wants you to do, you just act on that and trust that everything will fall into place. Uh, even some of my Christian friends were like, you're crazy. It's <laughs> the middle of a pandemic. You're going to America of mm-hmm, all places. Of all places, right? <laughs> and I was like, hey, look, God's got us. You know, it's all good. It'll all work out. Um, and it just, everything literally fell into place when we got there. We had set up some meetings with um, different studios and producers over there. And actually the first person we met, I just knew, we just, we just felt straight away, yep, this is the guy we're to work with. And he recommended someone to be the band leader and put the band together. So we actually did a live, like the band, you know, played all live instruments. It wasn't mm. computerized like a, a lot of the music today. Um, so that was actually a fantastic opportunity just seeing these five musicians who had never worked together before on any of my songs, hear the song briefly before they went in, wrote charts, and I was like, how do they know how to do the little licks on the intros and just make the music all come together yeah. and the five five tracks to have that kind of similar feel and, and style. So. Yeah, that was an experience, definitely a yeah, I mean, big experience for me. One of the shows that tends to get a bit of airplay on the community radio network in Australia, which a few of the stations this is played on have syndicated, is Beale Street Caravan, which features a heap of musicians from Nashville who are so incredibly talented. And the like, the caliber of musicianship that you get to work with in a place like that is really incredible. You know, Not to talk trash of Sydney's talent, because we have some amazing <laughs> musicians here as well. But, you know, yep. the competition in Asheville has really driven some people to some crazy skill levels that I think, you know, it sounds like were really great to work with. Yeah. I guess what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced in getting to do that? Obviously, going overseas in the middle of a pandemic would have been one, but you know, working around time <laughs> zones and stuff. Is there anything that you didn't expect going into the project that ended up being a bit of a hurdle? To be honest, the biggest hurdle was just believing in myself and feeling good enough and deserving to be there because... Uh, and this isn't to name drop, this is to show you how scared I was. <laughs> um, so some of the, the musicians on my track, one of them is the regular drummer for tours with Cheryl Crow. One of them tours with Keith Urban and Dolly Parton and and um, Gordon Moat. He was the band leader and he was on keys. Um, mm. He's played on Kane's tracks. He's played with Kerry Underwood, like all these top stars that I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I'm this little like Aussie that's got, you know, no names behind me to, <laughs> to be here playing with these musicians. And it was just, the hurdle was me going just, you know, relax and, and know that I'm, you know, good enough to be there because believing in ourselves as musicians and creatives in general, we're our worst critics and our worst enemy really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is the musicians I worked with, they could not have been any more humble and down to earth and actually treated me like I was a star, like making sure was I happy with, with how it sounds and do I want any changes? And here I am thinking, oh my gosh, don't ask me, you guys are the experts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to learn from musicians who have that kind of communicative skill with people they've never worked with before. Because, you know, that that's a talent in any environment and it's always really great kind of seeing that in practice from people who are good at it. I guess, was there a big lesson takeaway for you in, you know, how you then get to work with people having come back to Sydney? Is there anything that you think is going to change the way you approach uh, working in the local music scene? Yeah, I think um, I learned a lot from the level of professionalism. Um, I know, like, for me personally, especially being a singer, um, you know, I like to muck around and, you know, have fun and be silly and things. But when, especially when t people's time and, you know, money is involved as well, you, you're paying for these projects, it's really important to have a good level of professionalism and respect for other people's ideas and know that nobody is better than the next person. Like you're all there as a team. And I think just having that humble attitude and, um, yeah, just that respect for other people's creative input as well is I think you'll have a really nice team and, and unity and, and have that, that great professional relationship. Yeah. I guess the next thing I wanted to kind of get into, and this could be completely off the mark because this is just based off research <laughs> that I've done into particular, you know, other, uh, contemporary Christian musicians. And that's that in some Christian music circles, there's a bit of a pushback against like innovation in some of the music, uh, because, you know, they, they like to play to the standards. They like to, you know, reference the traditions that are there. Do you ever feel like constrained as a musician writing in a genre or like for a community, like contemporary Christian music? And how do you kind of push those boundaries without, you know, stepping on anyone's toes? Okay. So, um, I hope this answers your question. Um, so I'm, I'm a Christian and I've always had Christian beliefs. Um, but this was actually my first Christian uh, album that I worked on uh, of songs I'd written. So in the past, I my songwriting pretty much was, you know, I guess your your pop, your your pop mainstream mm. or just soulful things about, you know, heartaches and difficult relationships and things. So this was I'd written these songs kind of in the background just for me. Like I never intended to share this music, it was like, oh, this brings me peace and helps me feel good. Yeah, yeah. And then when we knew we were going to Nashville, my husband was like, we're, you know, we're going to Nashville. Let's do your Christian album there. Like, that's the home of totally, God totally. is good, you know, <laughs> the South. So um, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't even know there were boundaries. I mm. kind of just, I took my songs and I said, and they were in rough form, meaning a voice memo of me, my vocals, and pretty much block keys on, on the keyboard. So Gordon Moat, yeah, he, he was, he would listen and he was like, Oh, I can hear this one being kind of a, I've got one song on there called hear him. It's quite upbeat. He's like, I think, you know, like a bit of an R and B, like a bit of a clapping mm -hmm, soul. Mm -hmm. And, and then he said this one, I hear like, you know, just a, a peaceful kind of guitar. So I really, um, 
I trusted his lead and the musicians just to be inspired from the song that I wrote and play however they feel. And I think, you know, my songs from feedback I've heard is they don't sound like the average contemporary Christian music that is played. So, you know, whether that's a good thing or not, you know, to (laughs) get on radio for mainstream or just to be like, hey, this is different. Like, Mm. but yeah, to me, I just felt just to be true to who I am and and just trust that how it sounds will be the way it needs to sound. Yeah, totally. I guess the thing, you know, mentioning uh, your career before this album, because you've been making music since you were six, I think I read somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we, we've spoken with a couple of other musicians who've been, you know, doing it since they were incredibly young about like finding their voice and whether, you know, uh, if, if it was easy to kind of find out who you are musically when you started so young that some decisions were made for you. So I guess I'll kind of throw that same question to you just to kind of set this up. Did you find that it was easy to figure out where you were interested in music uh, having started so young or were there certain like hurdles you had to get over there? So when I was six, I used to just muck around making songs up Mm. about random things like toothbrushes or Uh uh (laughs) items of clothing. When's that album coming? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I'll save that one for another time. Next trip Um, to Nashville, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when when I have money to throw away to be able to make an album about <laughs> toothbrushes. <laughs> but I remember actually making it a song, like it had a melody. There was a verse and there was a chorus. I mean, the lyrics were pretty much repeated over and over. Yeah, but, yeah. And I, I wrote rap songs when <laughs> when I was like seven. Love to hear yeah, it. Yeah, I, I still remember them, but, but it, I don't know if you, yeah, a bit embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We all have some, some of them stashed away in a folder somewhere. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so I think when I was about 13, my parents took me on a cruise ship and I'd heard of karaoke, but I'd never done it before. And I chose a song called Rescue Me by Fontella Bass. I was just so into, at 13, I was into like soul and Motown and R&B. And, and then I started singing like Aretha Franklin's Respect and Natural Woman. And that's where I kind of, soul music really spoke to me. Um, and when I write, I don't actually try to write a song in a style. I just trust what comes out. And to me, as long as it's soulful, you know, I don't mind if my music sounds pop or country or Christian or hip hop. Like, um, yeah, so, and that's, I think, is exciting because I'm open when working with producers to to try different styles and sounds. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, as long as the my voice still feels like me and I'm still sharing the soulfulness of the song, that's what I feel the style is for me. So I guess working on other things before the latest album that you've put out, I guess what was what was the journey I'm asking to get to Nashville? Why make that leap to travel internationally? You mentioned that it was, a, you know, kind of a calling that you felt, but for in terms of the career that came before that, what were some of the things, I guess, check marks, the benchmarks, the am I ready to do this that you'd kind of gone through before getting to going overseas to produce an album? Yeah, great question. So, you know, for a chunk of my life, I did work a, you know, nine to five job that had absolutely nothing to do with music that was actually draining my spirit. And I just knew this is, this is not what I was put on this earth to do, just to be drained of my joy and, 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 
and hide my light. So I knew music was something that I had to pursue and I wanted to pursue. Over the years, um, you know, I'd written, like I said, pop songs. My husband had, so he's a music uh, producer and audio engineer. Yeah. Helps. (laughs) So he (laughs) produced some of my songs. Um, We just did things from home and released a single, I don't know, maybe one or two singles a year. And we kind of, because we were still working our nine to five jobs, we didn't have the resources, the time, the energy, you know, et cetera, to, to push it forward. And we were kind of like, oh, it's not, nothing's really coming of it. And then it so happened, we moved to, uh, we were living in the Gold Coast at the time. We moved to Melbourne um, the end of 2019, right in time for the 2020 pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we were in Melbourne lockdown for a solid eight months. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we were like, we actually moved to Melbourne because we were like, you know what? There's a lot of, there's a lot going on in the creative industry there. Let's, mm. let's get some of our original music happening there. And, you know, um, so everything shut down, everything uh, was closing and we thought, okay, we don't know how long this is going to be, but we, we are going to have time on our hands. And so my husband, he's, he's the driver, he's the, you know, motivated, get it done. I'm like the creative, you know, heads everywhere type person. Mm-hmm. So he turned our spare bedroom at the time into a music studio. He bought all the gears, the soundproofing, the keyboards and all the equipment and he said, look, you've got songs you've written. You've got so many songs you've written and they need to be heard. Mm. So we, you know, prayerfully decided, you know, what songs do we work on? And and he produced them. Uh, we recorded them from home and it was an eight track um, album EP. Um, and we released it thinking, oh, this is great. Like, you know, we're, we're going to do it different this time. It's not just one song. We've got an album. We'll try and put it out there and you know apart from family and friends like again nothing really happened with it we didn't know mm. how do we push it how do we get it out there and it's not like performing really helps you know if you're able to go out and perform your music that's where people can hear it you can connect and engage with your audience and and continue from there but because of lockdown nothing came of it and that's actually where the inspiration came after that when we kind of said a prayer and was like, you know, we we know music is something that God wants us to pursue. Like it's it's us, it's our soul, like itching to do it, but but what now? And that's when we got the inspiration to go to Nashville and also to record a Christian album, which was something really different. And um, yeah, so that that was the lead up to my my album Believe. Yeah, I, I guess coming off the back of that, you know, having produced your own music, made all of your stuff, having this home studio, which is, you know, I, as far as lockdown projects go for musicians, it's the ideal one, right? <laughs> um, I guess yeah. for a lot of like corporate events and stuff that you've worked on in the past, there's often an expectation to like, you know, play the hits that people will know and stuff. Yeah. And you were mentioning that performing your music is a big part of like road testing and getting people interested. You know, how do you make sure that you're at the right venue to like try your own music in a crowd of people that maybe you're just expecting to hear like the blues standards, for example? Well, that is a fantastic question. And I wish I had experiences to share because (laughs) right after we went to Nashville, we came, we came, we were in Nashville January till April. We returned to Sydney because that's where we flew out and we had to do the uh, hotel quarantine for two weeks. 
And then we decided at the end of quarantine, let's stay in Sydney. Uh, we we actually, again, we felt inspired to stay in Sydney and we're like, awesome. Sydney's another huge place for artists and creatives. And uh, surprise, look where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> we're in another lockdown. So <laughs> I have not been able to test out any of my, any of my original songs mm-hmm. at any mm-hmm. venues anywhere. So Instagram's kind of my best friend at the moment, just <laughs> sharing a bit of my songs on there. Well, I suppose uh, I suppose we'll have to kind of come back to that question maybe next season on Get Get Ready. Hopefully we can oh, awesome. we can get that question answered. <laughs> I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you uh, before we kind of send things off for today is you've sent in a feature track for us to feature on the show. It's okay. And I wanted to hear a little bit about what that song is, what it means to you, and what the uh, audience can expect to hear from it when we play it on the way out of the show today. Yeah, so it's one of my favourite songs. Um, It's actually more, it's an inspirational song rather than a a Christian song. Um, Going through a personal difficulty um, of my own, I woke up one day and I was just, you know, (laughs) feeling sorry for myself, having a bit, bit of a cry and just thinking, oh, you know, just sometimes I don't feel good enough. Sometimes I just feel like unworthy of anything great. Life is hard. It's a challenge. And and what came to me was it's okay to feel like that. Mm. It's it's normal. It's normal. It's human to feel you just when you just feel down. And and the chorus of the song is it's okay to feel you're all alone. It's okay to feel like going home, it's okay to know you're not okay today. And the comfort that that song brings me and, and I hope it brings other people is sometimes when we we, we don't feel our best or we, we don't even feel good at all, um, people think, oh, it's okay, you know, things will get better. Mm. But my message is let's just pretend it's not going to get better and let's just know that right now exactly how you feel is okay it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel terrible. All of your feelings are okay. And give yourself permission to feel those feelings. Um, and, you know, just still remember that no matter what you're going through, you are still a beautiful person with a light that has light to shine. And, and you can still do that even when you're going through tough times. Well, fantastic. And what an excellent message we're going to send you off with It's Okay by Stephanie Das. Steph, thank you so much for joining us here on Get Get Ready. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And we will, of course, have links up on the podcast if anyone wants to find any of your music and other work. Thank you so much for having me. This is It's Okay by Stephanie Das. You're listening to Get Get Ready. Sometimes I feel not good enough. Sometimes I feel alone. At times I feel I'm blinded by unkindness of my own But I am here to let you know It's okay to let it show It's okay to feel you're all alone Okay to feel like going Okay to know you're not okay today It's okay